Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small size businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three-month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, 
head over to learn.silvertonianalytics/apprenticeship and there you can learn more about the program and if you're interested you can apply with all that being said let's start the podcast episode hello and welcome to the how to get an analytics job podcast where we will help you discover where you fit into the analytics marketplace what skills you should build and how to land your analytics dream job I'm John David, analytics agency owner and educator. And I'm Elizabeth Illig, a private career coach and higher education professional. In this podcast, we will not only help you land your next analytics job, but we will give you the tools and strategies to level up your career. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are kicking off our month of interviewing. So we are going to be talking with various different experts about nailing your interview. So this episode, we're going to be kind of giving a deep dive just between me and Elizabeth, but up next, we have Alexander Moy talking about nailing a finance interview, then Christopher Scott is going to be talking about Tableau interviewing, and finally, we're going to be rounding the month off with Bridget, how do you say it, Holcomb? Holcomb. Holcomb, which is Elizabeth's business partner on behavioral and personal interviewing. But before we actually get into talking about interviews, I think we need to address the big elephant in the room, which is what's going on with this crisis. So what, Elizabeth, this question is for you, what is the impact that COVID-19 has had on the analytics market job place? Absolutely. So there have been definite impacts with COVID-19. I think we have to be aware of those as we're searching for jobs and looking to get into the analytics industry. And so I'm going to share my screen for those of you who like to watch us via video. For those of you on audio, I will run through some of the things that we're talking about. But what I would say is there are a couple of things that I want you all to be aware of in terms of what is happening with the marketplace. So first and foremost, let's check out this post that is by um, a guy named Edward Harris, who is tracking what's happening with data scientist jobs in the marketplace. And this was updated on April 13th, 2020. So I do want you all to be aware of the timeframe here. Things are changing rapidly, as we know. And John David and I are recording on April 29th, 2020, but this was published on April 13th. And what Edward does is he walks you through what is going on with data scientist roles. And the big thing I want you guys to see is right here with the hiring slowdown. So generally, there's been a hiring slowdown during March at a factor of about 60 to 70 percent for data scientists. So he's saying that they expected that hiring would go to zero temporarily, but it hasn't. So that's a little bit of good news. And certainly we'll link up in the show notes this particular source so you can read the entire article. But Edward works for a company that mentors data scientists for free until they are hired. And so he has a good pulse on what's going on with the job market. I also want you to be aware about the job market from sort of a macro perspective. So if we are looking at um, LinkUp, they are a great source. They just released this quarterly report. And you'll see over here that they're talking about how job postings are down by 26% in 2020 and that job listings continue to drop at a 1% per day rate. And about 1,900 companies have removed all job listings. I know, kind of sad. 
but they do go into a little bit more detail, which I'll pull up here for you all. And this is gonna show you a great indicator. I've filtered this out. Again, this is from LinkUp Smart Market Data, and I've filtered it to show the industries that are increasing their hiring. And so what we're seeing is there are some companies, or excuse me, some industries that are increasing hiring right now. Pharmacies and drugstores being one of those, financial investment activities being another one. So there are some industries where we're seeing some growth, and that just depends on the industry. Like financial investments, we're seeing a significant growth, about 4,700 job opportunities created. So I think you just have to be smart when you're thinking about the market. In addition to that, I'll link that up so that you guys have access to link up smart market data. They're a great resource. They track things daily and they track things um, pretty much weekly, if not biweekly. And so that's a lifetime analysis of the marketplace. They give you postings that are only coming from company websites. So that's a little different from LinkedIn or Glassdoor or Indeed. They aren't sourcing job postings from those um, job boards that are sourcing only from company websites. So they're a really interesting source. Um, those are good things for you all to be aware of, and I want you to be thinking about them, especially from a macro perspective. And then, of course, we can be thinking about what this looks like. I'm going to pull up one other thing. Let's see. Um, from sort of a perspective of companies and link up we'll have some information about companies who are hiring too. So I'll link you guys to that as well. I'm going to stop sharing my screen for now and let you all let us get back to some of the questions, but that's pretty much an analysis of where we're at in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess to look at the bright side, it's not completely shut down. Right. That's absolutely true. That is a bright spot here. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, candor.com is, or excuse me, .co. I always want to say .com, but it's .co. They're an additional great resource because they have information from companies. So they're going to talk to you about companies that are hiring, and this is user-generated information. So what that means is it's users who are writing in and saying, hey, my company is still hiring, or they're on a hiring freeze, or they're laying people off. So that's another resource that I want you guys to be aware of, and I will link up. Awesome. And also, too, I feel like this is really relevant to mention is a lot of analyst jobs are now going remote. So if that is one of your main goals, which it was a main goal of mine, probably my early to mid 20s, now is the time that you can land in a remote analytics job. Absolutely. And part, yeah, yeah. And I would say like the actual, one of the ways that you can do that is that you may not even have to interview in person. Because Elizabeth, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I doubt that there are any companies that are doing in-person hiring right now, are they? No, you're right about that in terms of the fact that we're moving to video interviews, and that's a big thing that we're seeing in the marketplace right now. I think we already were seeing some of that because it's a way for you to cut costs as a company to do videos instead of bringing somebody in, but now more than ever, we're seeing a lot of video interviews happening. And so there are a couple of things that I'd want you to be aware of when you're preparing for a video interview. First and foremost, be thinking about what your space looks like. So you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of new stuff or order things online. That's not what I mean. Just find a spot in your house or apartment, wherever you are, that looks pretty professional in the background, doesn't have a lot going on, isn't super distracting. 
Um, and then the other thing I would think about is this is something John, Dave, and I have to work on too. And we think about all the time, which is looking at the camera, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, instead of looking at your screen. So making sure that you place the video of the person in a spot where it looks like you're making eye contact with the camera. Um, that's sort of a weird thing that you have to think about. I'd also be thinking about things like a contingency plan. So if something goes wrong with your internet or your audio connection, do you have a phone number and a contact that you could call for that? Um, And then the last thing I would mention is you likely will be doing this with a live person on the other end, but certainly we have seen some companies in the last few years moving to pre-recorded interviews, which means (laughs) you are talking to nobody. (laughs) Yeah, the first interview I ever did when I was getting my MBA for an internship, they made you just record yourself answering prompts. Yep. And at the time, it felt really, really awkward and uncomfortable and just, I don't know, I felt like a robot where I didn't have very much emotion. Um, But, you know, now, four years out looking back on it, one thing, one little tidbit of advice that I can give you is you can actually record yourself on places or programs like Zoom and Skype and just practice answering practice questions. So if you go back and and look through my YouTube channel or our YouTube channel now, some of the earliest videos, I'm so flat and I say, um, and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like a deer in headlights. So practicing and getting used to watching yourself. And also you can start to spot things about your communication style that you didn't realize you did. What was the thing? (laughs) What was the thing that at the beginning of the podcast, I kept saying, interesting, After every single question I asked, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That was just a placeholder word for me that added no value to the conversation. Instead of pausing and, you know, thoughtfully, you know, taking a moment to consider what they said and responding, I just put this blank word out there that just got kind of redundant and annoying. (laughs) Not to say that you guys are redundant and annoying, but um, you need to get your reps in in terms of talking to a camera because it's it's really not a natural thing for a human to do i don't think we're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that i can give you some more information about our career services program over the last four years i have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because 
you are correct. It's a weird thing, something that you have to get used to talking to a camera. And I think recording yourself is one of the best ways to see what am I doing in terms of my verbal communication that may be a little bit of a tick, like interesting, or <laughs> I would say, yeah, all the time. You know, we may have these verbal things that we do or even nonverbals. Maybe there are certain things that you do that you, when you record yourself, you realize that's a little strange. I didn't realize I was doing that. And so recording yourself can be a good way to catch those things before an interview. I mean, the people watching the videos realize that it's an awkward interaction. But I would say that if you can act somewhat natural in that setting, it's going to kind of set you apart from the other people who are interviewing because you got to think from their perspective, if they hire you, they might be spending a lot of time around you. And if you're this weird, uncomfortable, awkward person, <laughs> it might make the workplace, you know, not as, as comfortable. But if you're, you know, someone that, that they like and they want to be around, that's just another way that you can start to kind of separate yourself from everyone else who's interviewing. Right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think that if we go back to why do companies conduct interviews, one of the reasons is they want to see if you are somebody that they like, that they, the team will like and the manager will like. And so that's a little bit of that likability factor that you were talking about, John David. Are you somebody who is likable, humble, but confident, is going to take things in stride, is somebody that they want on their team. And so certainly that's something companies are thinking about when they're interviewing you and you want to make sure that you're showcasing that among other things. I mean, of course, they want to know that you can do the job. So that's another one of their questions, which is going to be about experience and skill set. And then the third thing they're looking for is cultural fit. Are you somebody that is going to be um, thriving at our company could move up at our company has similar values to what we value, but you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Likeability is a big factor. Yeah. I actually remember from the interview with um, Alexander Moy, he talks about that, about that's kind of within his organization. That's the third phase of the interview is seeing, is this person actually going to fit within our tribe? Are yeah. they going to, you know, add to the organization's, sense of community or not. Right. I mean, you spend 40 hours plus with this person a week. Mm -hmm. You want them to be somebody that you enjoy, that you want on the team. So certainly that's something companies are thinking about. Right. So speaking about kind of how organizations assess different characteristics that you have, what are the different types of interviews that you should prepare for? Yes. So in the analytics space, I think there are three different types of interviews that you need to be aware of and be cognizant of and ready for. So first and foremost is the personal and behavioral um, interview. The second one is what I call a case interview. And the third one is going to be a technical interview. Now, not all of you out there are actually going to experience a case interview because that's typically for consulting and maybe even finance or where we see this coming up. And a case interview is when the interviewer asks you to assess a real world problem in real time. So something like how many diapers were sold in the U.S. last year? And you have to test your assumptions, ask questions of the interviewer, and you have to know some basic facts ahead of time, like the population of the United States would come into um, in handy here for this mm -hmm. question. So that's a whole separate animal, but it's something I want you to be aware of depending on what industry you are interested in. 
Personal and behavioral interviews, these are things like, tell me about yourself. What's a strength of yours? What's one weakness? Tell me about a time when you failed. So this is really assessing your experience and who you are as a person and your skill set. And then the last type of interview that you might encounter is that technical interview, and that's really assessing your technical skills. So that's where you may get a data set ahead of time and you are asked to um, analyze it, clean it, you know, make your points about it and send back that analysis to them. Or you may have to analyze it in person. You may have to mm -hmm. analyze it and present on it in person. There are a lot of different ways to approach this technical interview. Um, I know that we're going to have Chris Scott on here to talk about Tableau interviews, but really what they're doing here is they're assessing that you have the technical skills that you said that you have. Right. So, What's your biggest piece of advice that you would give someone who is going to step into their analytics interview? I think the big thing for analysts out there is recognizing the audience that you're talking to. So certainly a first round interview is typically going to be with an HR person or a recruiter, which means they probably don't know a ton about the technical stuff. And that means you have to be able to translate your experience and skills into layman's terms that they will understand. Um, so I usually say to clients when they're prepping with me, if you can explain it to me, you're good to go. But that's the big thing is translating some of that technical knowledge in a way that's understandable to an audience that may not have technical skills. Mm -hmm. As you move further along, you're probably gonna be interviewing with hiring managers and people who do have the technical skills, but to get there, we need to translate that technical knowledge into layman's terms. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that my biggest piece of advice is really nail down your personal brand story. We actually just we actually just wrapped up the month of talking about personal branding and nailing that story can really set you apart because I think a lot of analysts aren't great at talking about themselves. I think most people, it doesn't have to just relate to analysts. They don't know how to explain themselves in context. Like you were saying, know your audience, but then also put together a narrative that really makes sense from their perspective. Absolutely. And think about too, what is their bottom line and what are their career or not their career? Sorry, I'm stuck in career mode. <laughs> what are their business objectives? What are their goals and how can you help them reach those goals? So not only what have you done in the past, but link that to how you're going to help them in the future. And you're absolutely right, John David. I think people struggle with coming up with those stories, talking about the results that they had, the impact that they had, talking about how they're going to help this particular company achieve their business objectives. And I think that's where a career coach can really help you out. I mean, this is something that I love doing with clients. Mm -hmm. I love talking with them about, let's figure out how to tell your story in a compelling way. And actually, I think one of the biggest things that you can do to, act, to stand out is putting together an analytics portfolio. So that tells a story, but it also shows off your technical acumen as well and yeah. your critical analytical thinking ability. So I, I think it really all kind of culminates into if you build out a really effective analytics portfolio, it can just hit so many different points. It can show like, for example, Chris Kloss put together a, um, a Tableau visualization showing off his fantasy football stats. That shows his personality. You know, I like football. That may be a, 
that actually in the interview that we helped him get, that helped him connect on a personal level to the person interviewing him, who was actually a huge um, soccer fan. So then they got to talking for, you know, a few minutes about soccer. And now they've made, you know, a much more personal connection. But it's not arbitrary. It's rooted within analytics, talking about sports analytics. It, it's just, you're, you're really starting to brand yourself and stand out from the competition when you put together an analytics portfolio. This is my right. take on it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think even in, in today's age where we're going to be doing video interviews for the foreseeable future, you certainly could link them to your portfolio. You could pull it up for them. You could send it to them. So there are, are great ways for you to showcase your abilities and even your interests by using a portfolio. And I know we've talked about that before, but that's one of many ways that you could stand out. A couple other things I would say, particularly during this time where we're going to have high competition for jobs, um, in terms of standing out, I would say do your homework on the company. You want, when you're in the room, they are your number one company. You want to work for them. Why? What is it about them that is really interesting to you? That Do they have values that you similarly value? Have they done something really cool in terms of a project? But you are wanting to show them that you've done your homework and research and you really want to be there. I think the other thing we talked about, which we were starting to hit on this a little bit, but I'll just drive home the point. What makes you stand out as an applicant? What is it that you do differently in terms of your skill set or in terms of what people compliment or praise you about or in terms of things that you have experience in that you could highlight for them and connect to their business objectives? If you can do that, that is linking your strengths to their goals, and that's going to be a win for you. So that's another thing I would say in terms of trying to stand out as an applicant is be thinking about what is it that makes you unique? What are the things you consistently get complimented on? What are the things that you do better than maybe your peers? You don't have to badmouth our peers, but be thinking about what makes you stand out. And I would be highlighting that for a hiring manager, an HR person, or a recruiter. Cool. Well, I, I think we've kind of dug in pretty deep here on, on interviews. Are there any kind of closing comments or remarks that you wanted to, you know, reinforce or, or touch on? Yeah. So a couple of other things I want to make sure you guys think about is because the market is changing so rapidly right now and things are changing with companies, I highly encourage you to do your research, not only a week in advance about this company, but also the day of. I mean, check to see what's going on. Is there anything that's in the news that would be relevant for them that may have impacted them that you should probably be aware of? And that's good so that when you go into the interview, you are ready and prepared. I'd also say follow up. So big thing that I see that sometimes does not happen, and I highly, highly encourage all of you out there to do, please send a thank you note within 24 hours to everybody that emailed, or excuse me, emailed a thank you note um, and send it to everybody who interviewed you. And that's a good way to just showcase again that you're really serious about this. You can highlight in one sentence, you know, I think that X skill will help me to do Y for you. I really enjoyed talking about this. I um, uh, would love to be considered. Thank you so much. But make sure that you send these emails within 24 hours to thank these people for taking the time to interview you. That's another big thing that sometimes I don't see applicants do, and I want all of you out there to do that. And then finally, the last thing I would say, even though we're on a video interview right now in this current time, 
and especially in the future when you're actually going to be in person, but even now, dress for success. That sounds really silly, but they are going to see you on this video and so dress appropriately for whatever you're interviewing. You don't want to wear like a, you know, a t-shirt. Right. I mean, probably not unless you're like (laughs) Like I'm wearing right now. (laughs) For some tech company that like doesn't care, you know, you have to your audience. That's true. I, I, I will push back on that a little bit because yeah, if it's, um, a tech company, you don't want to come off like you're the slick finance guy. So, right. okay. So I guess that, that agrees with you. And like, you do want to dress for success and that may be in a, you know, t-shirts, flip-flops and shorts. If you're at a tech <laughs> company. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you need to know the type of business that you're interviewing for and some are much more conservative than others. So consulting finance, those are going to be industries where you're suiting up. Absolutely. And then there are the other end of the spectrum, which is typically like tech, and or creative things and I wouldn't say show up with your your gym shorts on or anything (laughs) like that but um but certainly you don't have to do a full suit for those types of interviews yeah there's tons of good resources online about how to dress and what professional dress is and you can probably get a good feel for that based on what you're seeing people in the company wear what this website looks like what they look like in their LinkedIn profiles but just know industries vary and just because we're on a video call doesn't mean that we um, can't dress up for the appropriate level of dress for yeah. whoever we're interviewing with. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I really appreciate your time today. This, uh, this is some interesting times for sure. It really is. And you know, y'all, I wanted to say this too. I meant to at the beginning, so I'll say it now. I hope everybody is okay out there. And I know this is a really trying time, both economically and um, health wise. And so I hope you guys are all okay and safe and we're thinking about you for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great sign off. Yeah. See you guys next week. See you next week. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.